Welcome to another episode of Strategy and Sourdough. In this episode, my co-host Thomas and I are going to talk about messaging. Hi, Honor. How are you doing this week? Wonderful. And how are you doing? Absolutely wonderful. So I wanted to talk about this topic because I think messaging is often misunderstood. In my mind, messaging is what happens before the creative work begins. It's figuring out what the creative work needs to accomplish. It's the bridge between the positioning and the execution of that positioning in real life. So how do you think about messaging? Yeah, I agree. I think if you have a good messaging strategy about your product or service, it helps develop sharper creative. And I often talk about messaging at different altitudes. And I think it probably warrants kind of explaining this altitude concept a little bit more because it's yes. not sort of very obvious to, to kind of figure out how that works. If you look at the altitudes from the kind of marketing and the kind of work that you want to do first, right? This is not necessarily the cadence that I would think about. Think of it from a process perspective. You want to get your messaging angles right. Then you want to think about your ideas and your creativity and what media it lives in and all that. But I think it's useful to look at altitudes from the types of marketing that you typically do for a company. Mm. So at the very top of the altitude is really the more brand-related work. The brand-related work is the more emotional work. It sets up the reasons your company exists. It creates this place in our customers or consumers' minds as to why they, they should be buying from us. So that's kind of the more brand level work. Then you have the more, we haven't spoken about funnels yet, but you could call it more sort of mid funnel work, which is the more functional type of work. We've established our brand as somebody you want to buy from. And this more mid funnel work will establish some of the reasons why our products and services might be right for you. Mm-hmm. And then you have the lowest altitude work um, is, is the more day-to-day work. You know, Today we happen to have $10 off or if you buy today, we'll give you another subscription for your friend for free. So that more, I guess we'd call it tactical work. So messaging has to work at all these different altitudes for a company. And if you have your messaging really sorted out at all these different altitudes, it actually helps to figure out at what point in time do we focus on the more brand-related activities? At what point do people already have our brand in their minds? And therefore, we focus on more the functional things about our products or service. And at what point is it actually just demand creation? We know demand is there, but we want to convert that demand through an incentive or, or something like that. So that's, I guess, one, mm-hmm. one way to look at it. I really like the altitude metaphor, and I'm absolutely stealing it for my own go, purposes. Go ahead. <laughs> my way of looking at it is a benefit ladder. So it's almost like a ladder at which rung of the ladder do you want to talk about your product or service or your brand? And the approach I like to take is... At the bottom of the letter is super rational facts, straight to the point messaging that you have. And at the top of the letter is super emotional, pulling the heartstrings kind of messaging. Now, every product or service has the opportunity to pick at what rung of the letter they want to communicate their product or service. An example of a rational lower rung message can be, This is what our product is, and this is what it does. At the top of the rung, it could be we are elevating human consciousness to a next level or something like that. So uh, one of the examples I like about this is if you look at a company like Walmart, for example, their original messaging strategy was always around savings. Walmart is low costs. Walmart is savings. And then over time, they evolved their messaging to move higher up the ladder to talk about 
what do these savings enable you to do? So the first step of that evolution was talking about how much you save in a year. And that gives you a different perspective. And then they moved on to talking about what can you do with those savings? And then they improved their messaging to talk about how having those savings to spend on other things improves your life and your relationship with your family. And at every stage of this ladder, you have a different approach to your creative. Yeah, I mean, it does make a lot of sense. And I think there's another way to um, look at the, the benefits ladder. If you're talking to consumers specifically, for example, so if you have a consumer product, you can actually put yourself as a company in the consumer's shoes when you look at all these different things. So when you start from the bottom, the more rational things are actually, you could argue that they're more product feature related, aren't they? What does your product actually do? Those are the, the more rational tactical messages. And when you look at the next level, which is the mid-funnel type work that I was speaking about earlier, the more functional messaging, if you use the consumer's voice, it's actually that question around, so what do I get? What are the actual benefits that I get for, for using this product or this service? And at the very top, at the very highest altitude is the, the question around, so how does that make me feel? So how does this messaging make me feel as a consumer about this brand or this product? If this makes me feel good or if this makes me feel trust in the brand and the company or if this makes me feel like I can relate in somehow uh, to this marketing message, I'm far more likely to buy from this company. And then if you solve for the more functional benefits on, okay, so I am actually trust this company, I really believe in the same things that that company believes in, then what do I actually get? And then the final stage is it's really about what does the product or the service actually do in the end. So it's one other aspect to, I guess, look at it. There's a bit of an inherent risk for startups in this though, because sometimes when you try to jump too high up in the messaging and want to go into emotional territory without having done the basic work first, it becomes a bit forced. So not everything is about like making the world a better place or improving the overall consciousness of humanity or any of these high-level emotional ambitious things. Sometimes you just want to sell your product. It's up to you to figure out what's the right stage or right tone to talk about your product or service. Most of the time, it's beneficial to not talk about what your product does, but to talk about how it helps the other person achieve what they are trying to achieve, how it solves problems for them. So reframing your message as benefits in that sense to your consumer is much more helpful than just talking about what your product does. But then taking those benefits and translating them into an emotional connection is much harder to do, but that's also where a lot of big brands manage to differentiate themselves from the others. Yeah, for sure. And I would argue that big brands actually do all of these things for all of their products and services at any point in time. A lot of them will focus on more performance marketing related things to capture the more what does your product do and the more tactical messaging around promotions and things like that. There's a lot of functional communication out there in different formats and formulas. And then at certain points in time, all the big brands and big companies will have some kind of an emotional push out there, whether it is a social film or a TV ad or an outdoor campaign or whatever that may be. But nonetheless, as startups and early stage companies, we can't always afford all these different things. And we often speak about the same thing. What is a brand for a startup? I think in earlier stages, 
the product or service that you sell is often the brand. It is exactly. the experience that you get is the same thing as the brand, really. So I guess the more bottom ladder type work on what does the product or service do and, and what do consumers get by using it is a really good starting point. But as more resources become available, either more people in the teams or you might secure another round of funding or, or things like that. Often, even if you're a, an early mover in a particular category or you've created a new category with your product or service, at some point in time, you'll get competition. Mm-hmm. And most industries right now will have competition anyway, whether it's direct competition or perceived competitors. And what, does, what makes you then choose one company over the other if seemingly the product be- features and benefits are at parity and there's very little price difference? There is something else unconsciously that happens in our minds, which is the more emotional decisions on, well, this company feels somehow more me Mm-hmm. or more something that I can relate to or trust than the other. And this is where really the brand comes into play, whether it's communicated through emotional benefits right now yet or not, but the brand and, and what it stands for really becomes really, really important. And there's no better way to reinforce brand stories than you know, asking yourself a question, how does this make me feel as a consumer? And therefore, what kind of creative we might put out there to reinforce these feelings that we want consumers to have with our brand or product? That's absolutely true, but easier said than done, because at that point, a lot of startups have focused so much on the functional, rational messaging and living in the short term world of marketing. It's very difficult to introduce another layer of messaging on top of that that talks about the emotional benefit or the value that your brand brings to the table and establish that connection. Sometimes companies are really good of having an emotional connection or a story from day one. But those brands are the ones that are not necessarily great at converting that into sales and having enough of uh, ammunition to um, capture a bigger share of the markets early on. And another type of startup example, which is probably more common, is the one that focuses too much on performance and short-term immediate impact marketing and does not do enough on the emotional messaging and the brand. The real challenge is to be able to do both at the same time, which requires a bit of a strange approach where on one hand, you have the super long-term vision and you are going full-on brand awareness and emotional connection. And at the same time, you are short-term, you are tactical, you are focusing on the rational benefits and you are trying to convert to sale. So I don't think there's a clear answer to this, but how does a startup do both of these well at the same time? Yeah, this comes down to the different horizons that we've spoken about before. The more emotional benefits, it actually takes a lot longer to communicate this to people. It's not a single execution. It's not a single video. It's not a single ad. And this is also why I think the the clarity on what you, your brand stands for is super, super important because the brand has to come to life and the emotional side of it has to come to life far, in far more ways than just creative or just advertising or, or marketing. Mm-hmm. It's the experience you get from customer service. It's the actual experience in digital channels. It's uh, the marketing, it's the advertising. All of it has to, uh, to ladder up to what our brand really, really stands for. And the horizon for building that emotion and for people to associate your brand in their minds with a particular emotion or a particular belief or whatever that may be, that takes a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. And also that's why um, a lot of startups will opt not to do this initially because the runways for funding, for example, might be 18 months, you know, 24 months, 36 months, and often brand building can take a long, long time. 
And the, the second horizon then is the more direct, I guess, conversion type thing. So, you know, how many monthly active users can I get? How many downloads can I get? How many subscriptions can I get? Which often then it's just the reality of the business is that that type of activity does have a quicker return on investment or return on advertising spend. And therefore it often does make more sense to start there. And as your company matures and as your company gets a little bigger, and, and as I mentioned earlier, if you secure more funding or get a stable revenue base going, then invest more in the longer term, longer horizon emotional messaging that, that will just help provide a competitive edge over other companies. What do you think about the tangible execution of a messaging strategy? Or is it a statement? Is it a written a brief? Often I would tie messaging into the rest of your strategy. We've spoken a lot about how to articulate strategies, whether it's a one-page document or whether it is a couple of slides or something that is easily repeatable within your business and with partners that you may use. So if you have your belief and what your brand stands for, if you have your value proposition as a company, if you have a lot of those things already documented, I think your messaging has to be tied to that in some way or another. So the emotional benefits of using this particular product or service are these, the functional benefits are these, the product features are these. I do think that it is product or service specific though. So if you are a company that develops two different software, you have to have your emotional, functional and product related benefits done for each one of those software products. So it's not necessarily at a company level, it's, it's really the product level that, that helps. And therefore, whenever you are working with a freelancer, whether you are working with your internal marketing teams or whether you're working with an agency or someone like that, you can always refer back to this is what we stand for and here's what our messaging really looks like. Now, come back to how you would creatively bring this to life. So the messaging that we are speaking about now is not necessarily the final wordings and the messaging that ends up in advertising or film or anything like that. That's where the creative minds of our industry come, come to life much better. Um, but I, I do think writing it down just like all the other strategic bits is, is really important. Uh, at the risk of oversimplifying it, I like having three or four words because ultimately everybody can remember three words. So if you say we stand for convenience and affordability, for example, then it's very easy for everyone who's working on that to remember what you stand for and make sure that everything revolves around convenience and affordability. So even if you are evaluating creative work, you can look at it and say, Does it reinforce our convenience message? Does it reinforce our affordability message? And so on. But of course, uh, you are missing a bit of the nuances as you go down to that level of simplicity. But I think success of your messaging eventually boils down to how many of the people in the company believe in it and good at executing it and what's easier to execute. Absolutely. Using an example like, let's use QuickBooks as an example. You know, it's an accounting software. And at the end of the day, the more functional product communications for someone like QuickBooks are really about, we make it so much easier for you as a small business. They're very clear that they are primarily targeting small and medium-sized businesses. And small and medium-sized business owners often don't have the resources or time to use big accounting companies, for example. They might want to do this themselves. And if you're going to be doing your accounting yourself, then a software like this will save you valuable time and help you run your business better. So if you really looked at it from that perspective, what is our product really about? Well, our product is a cloud-based accounting software that is just really, really easy to use. From a functional perspective, 
it helps you run your business better so you can focus on the things that a business owner should be focused on rather than spend all of your time on accounting, for example. And then at the more emotional level, they've really taken a stance on supporting small businesses. So mm -hmm. they really believe that small businesses are the backbone of, of a lot of economies. And therefore, a lot of the more emotional messaging is heroing different small, medium sized business owners, supporting a lot of those business communities and doing different initiatives that really help SMEs thrive. So that's one example of looking at a real concrete company and how they move up and down that ladder. So we talked about uh, your concept of altitudes, which is whether you are top, middle or the bottom of the funnel and how you change your messaging based on that. We talked about benefit letters, whether you should be talking about functional product benefits or emotional connection type of messages, depending on where you are in your communication journey. And we also talked about this two-speed approach where how you balance having the short-term functional product-focused conversion-driven messaging and having the long-term brand awareness type of emotional messaging and finding a sweet spot of balancing the two throughout your growth journey. This is the point where things get really exciting because speaking about things like how do you set your goals and your strategies? How do you brainstorm? How do you set your targeting and media? Now, how do you set your messaging? The next step from here is, is actually how do you look at creativity and how do you work on the creative approach to this? Thank you, Mr. Thomas. Thank you, Mr. Honor. A pleasure as always. Likewise. Thank you for listening to Strategy and Sourdough. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help us out, please leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. 